0: Jesus come. The last couple weeks, uh, it's been real evident to me that um, the Lord has um, got some things He wants to do with us. And I, uh, during the week, I get to talk to several of you, and I hear some things that God has challenged you with. And as we talk about walking in faith, and today uh, we want to continue on with that. And the lesson that I pulled today to bring is out of context of everything else I've been talking about because usually I've been in the Old Testament and. In fairness, and to tell you the truth, uh, I've been working on a spring. uh, I've been wanting to go into the book of Revelation, and so I've been working on that. And so I'm pulled one of those thoughts that I was doing out of that, and I want to bring it in today. It doesn't fit. It's talking about walking in faith, but it's talking about walking in faith, and you're going nowhere. (laughs) And uh, if you're like me, there's sometimes when you just look at your life and you go, I'm really trying and I, it looks like I'm doing the right things and i I'm putting in the time and I'm praying and i'm I'm doing what God wants me to do and I'm trying to love people and I'm trying to be forgiving and I'm trying to give mercy and all those things and all along I'm just walking i'm walking and it doesn't seem like I'm really going anywhere and so uh, i want to I want to just bring this to you today because I think it might speak to some of you also I don't think it's it's a uh, it's kind of a harsh indictment. This this scripture is because it's pretty rough. It's pretty rough. It's kind of like a, you know, upside the face uh, of the church um, that that he's talking to in the book of Revelation. But as we talk about this, um, we have to do it. We have to look at it. And we have to have to kind of say, God, what is it you want to do in me? And it's not. It's not um, that it's not hard. It's just that it's going to be one of those things where the day, some of you are going to go, wow, that that really spoke to me. And some of you are going to go, not me, that's not me. And I know that's every week, but I I really want to share uh, this message with you today. So um, we're all in the book of Revelation. So if you look at the book of Revelation 3, uh, verse 1 says this, to the angel of the church in Sardis, I write. These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your reputation. I know your deeds. And you have a reputation of being alive. But you're dead. (laughs) But you're dead. So there's a church, a place called Sardis. It was at a dead end. They were kind of stuck. Wouldn't you love to hear Jesus say something like that to you? (laughs) Your reputation says you do good stuff. Walking. But you're dead. But you're dead. I think the air probably went out the room as they read that note, as John was reading that, for the church. But if they're going to grow, if they're going to change, that church needed to hear that. People here today need to hear that. I need to hear this. He goes on, Revelation 3, 2, and then he prescribes the prescription that only Jesus does when he comes along and says something like that. You're dead. He says, wake up. Wake up, church in Sardis. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. The church in Sardis is doing this. They're helping, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and he comes in hot. There's seven churches and this is the most scathing one of the, the letters that he re- writes to this church because they were doing good stuff. Their reputation was, it was fine. They were, they were hitting it hard in every area. And he comes in and he has this scathing thought to them and says, you're dead. And here's what you need to do. Why is he so concerned for this church? Because they thought they were Okay and they weren't, because they had fallen asleep, because they had, they had gone to sleep at the wheel, and the, and the very thing that they were supposed to do, they thought they were doing, they weren't. Let me show you three very powerful prayers today. If you're writing anything down, write these three prayers down, and they're going to come up on the screen. They're also on our Facebook page, just if you miss any of the scripture or you miss any of the, the outline. It's a, here's three powerful prayers. The first one is this. What a prayer to pray this week. God, show me the holes in my faith life today. Show me the holes in my faith life today. What's a hole? Well, a hole is a, is a gap between being dead and alive. Jesus writes to this church that thought it was alive, and he says to him, he says in Revelation 3:1, "I know all the things that you do, and you have a reputation for being alive, but you are." dead. You're kind of stinking. You're kind of stinking. And, and, and here, you're doing good stuff. But are you doing God's stuff? Is it my stuff? Well, I'm doing good, but is it God's stuff? Is it God's stuff? And so he not only says this, he says, and you need to see this, that you have a reputation. People look at you and go, nice. But you know what? You're dead. You're dead. See, character is what you really are when no one is looking. Reputation is what everybody thinks you are. Reputation is what other people think you are, but character is who you are when nobody is around. Jesus, what do you want? That ought to be our prayer. Jesus, what do you want of me? (laughs) Jesus, help me to be what you want me to be. Can you pray that prayer today? Jesus, what do you want me to be? And if if you come and you show me or if you guide me, will you respond? Or will you do like some days where you just come and you mail in your time here today? You play around on your phone? You wonder what's going on outside the world. You wonder what's going on after church. and You come and you do your thing and you walk. Look at me. I'm in church. I'm going to church. I did my deal. Yay! Be careful. Be careful. You can say, I love you, Lord. But do you really? You can do that with your with all the people in your life. And some of you are doing it. I love you. I love you, honey. I love you, love you, love you, love you. And yet your words fall short in the action department. You can say I love you, but do you really? It's a difference between what you say, what you think, and what you do. There's a big, big difference. What's going on in your head? Because what's going on in your head in most of you is I'm a dang good person. Kind of Most of you are thinking that, I'm all right. I'm all right. (laughs) And to some of you today, Jesus is saying to you, You (laughs) did. You did. And you're stinking. See, there's a gap. There's a gap between this, there's this hole between our values, what we say we believe, and what our actions follow along with. And we have these, these huge gaping holes. There's the holes of, of fear. <laughs> Many of us say, I love Jesus. I trust him with everything I have. I trust him with my eternity. But don't ask me to give him total trust. Because you know he may not take care of me at night. He may not take care of me here. He may not take care of me there. There's a whole pride The humble and all you—you really most of us think I'm a pretty humble person, but really we like people to notice us. We like people to go, "Good job, you did all right." And we have to be very, very careful because pride can become a hole. It become a hole that that has the difference between what we value and what we act on. There's a hole of lying. (laughs) Some of you call it white lies. Some of you call it fudging. Some of you call it little white lies. You know, just withholding the truth, whatever it is, it's still a hole. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's the other side of the truth gap, and it's a hole. It's a hole. And, and you go, but I'm walking. But while I'm walking, I'm skimming the truth. And I tell a little bit, but not all. I can't show everything, but I'll show some. There's a whole forgiveness. There's a whole forgiveness. We've talked about this till we're green in the face. We, we want forgiveness from God. We want forgiveness from our spouse when we screw up. We want forgiveness from our friends when we don't do what we're supposed to do. But don't tell me I have to forgive everybody else. That's really hurt me. That's a hole, church. You're walking, you're walking, and there's a hole. There's a hole. Be very careful. Lord, help me to see the holes. Help me to see the holes. Let me be who you want me to be. Jeff, it's such a grand canyon. You know What you've talked about is where I am. I'm right here and I look out and I'm like, I I can't, Knievel can't even get across that. It's too big. It's too big. What do I do? That's the second prayer. That's the second prayer and we see this that, that Jesus gives the, the answer to everything that ails us. And the second prayer is this. God, help me to close the gaps. Help me to close this hole. I know I've got these holes. And the first, the first step is you've got to admit that you got the holes. And if you don't admit you got the holes, you're not going to ask God to help you close them up. You're just not. You're not going to ask him. You're just going to, you're going to go on and you're going to walk and you're going to do your thing and you're going to help some people and you're going to do this. All the while, Jesus may be looking at you and going, you're dead. You're dead. But I thought I was all right. Be very, very careful. Let's read Revelation 2 again. It says this, three, two, two 2 3 I'll get it, Revelation 3 and 2. Wake up, one more time, strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Five actions, five actions for you, to take, and it's right there in the scripture. I didn't make these up. It's sitting right there in the word. The first one he says, is he says, wake up, wake up, wake up. Let me tell you about Sardis. Sardis was this city and it was up on a hill. It was 1,500 feet above sea level. And there was one way to get into Sardis. And it was this little bitty goat path. Nobody went to Sardis unless you had business in Sardis. So when they go to Sardis, they felt secure. So guess where the church is? Right in the middle of Sardis. And two times, only two times in the history of Sardis had Sardis ever been overtaken by people. And you know how they did it? They didn't do it by coming up the path. Two times they took sneaky little soldiers and they sent them up the side of the cliff. And they came up while they were sleeping (laughs) and they got them. Two times, two times in history. When Jesus read that note, they understood what he was talking about. Wake up! Wake up! There's people at your door that are tearing you apart. The devil wants to rip you to shreds. Wake up! The enemy is in the house. The enemy is here. The devil is attacking from within. Most of our kids are questioning who they are. Some of you are questioning who you are. Who am I? I don't know. You better know you're a child of God. You're a a woman of God. You're a man of God. You're a teenager of God. But you don't act like it. You don't act like it. The devil is, is in the house. He's in the camp. He's in the city. He's in the walls. And the very thing that we're supposed to protect, we're getting whacked on the head. We're getting whacked every day by the evil one. Listen, all six churches of the book of Revelation had great problems Yet Jesus condemns this church above all because their faith was getting them nowhere. They were controlled by only what they could see. Only what they could see. They were controlled not by their faith. They were controlled only by what they could see in front of them. Don't got enough? Not going to help. Can't got time? I don't got time? Not going to do it. Oh, Because I don't have any. Oh, really? Where did it all come from? God. <laughs> Who gives you to give it? God? Oh, okay. Maybe I do have time and resources to do the things you want me to do. I think there are two holes that I found in my own life, and I believe they're probably yours too. When it comes to this, I have a weak spot in my life. I got several weak spots, but I have a weak spot, and that's a place you better guard. That's a place you better guard. And you know it's weak. You know it's weak. Some of you, it's sex. Some of you, it's something else. You have a weak spot. You have a weak spot. And you better, you better wake up. The other place is you have a strong spot. You have a spot that you know, that you know, that you know, you got it. Some of you, it's your marriage. I'll never go out of my wife. I'll never look anywhere else. I'll never. Okay, you better not say that. never say never. See, you got a weak spot and you got a strong spot. And you better guard them. And you better say every day, how's my weak spot and how's my strong spot? Because that's where the enemy takes you. He climbs up the side of the cliff when you're not looking. And he comes and he gets you. And all of a sudden you wake up and you're going, what happened? What happened? Here it is. So we've got this weak spot, and we've got a strong spot that God is asking us to guard. The next action we see in Revelation 3, moving on from wake up, that was the longest one I'm going to do. The next action that you see, and he says this, and this is really good. He says, I want you to strengthen what remains. What does that mean? Strengthen what remains. That is some of the best advice you could ever get today. If you want to wake up a marriage, if you want to wake up a relationship, if you want to wake up your spiritual life, you strengthen what remains. Do not cry. Stop crying over what you don't have. My husband doesn't have this. My wife doesn't possess this. My girlfriend, my whatever. They don't. Stop crying about what they don't got. Water what you do got. Water what you do got. Put whatever you got to do on that, everything you can in that, in that one thing that you see in your wife, that one thing you see in your, in your friend, that one thing you see in your husband. You do everything. Well, they don't do, they don't love me like this. Then stop crying over it. They may not ever do that. But water, what is there? Strengthen what remains. Isn't that a good advice? Stop crying over milk that is spilled. Stop, I I knocked your coffee. I'm so sorry. Stop crying over coffee that that, that spills. Do strengthen the thing that you know is there in that relationship. Look what we have. Celebrate that. Celebrate it. Lift it up. Thank the Lord for it. My husband does this. He protects me. He takes care of me. Okay, celebrate that. He's a lousy communicator. He doesn't talk to me. Don't celebrate that. But I want him to. Don't celebrate it. Stop. Strengthen what remains. You don't start with a dead spot. You start with a little sprout. And you water it, and you water it, and you water it and you let it do what it's supposed to do, and that's to grow. And then God takes that little and He makes something good. I can't tell you how many people in here that I've seen go through these times in their marriages where it's a little bit of hell, a little bit of hell, and they can't find anything. The best thing you can always do, and I've seen it work time and time again. Fixate on the thing that is small and say, let's go forward with that. And God does something incredible. Only a boy named David, remember? He had a little, what do you have, a sling? And he had, what, a stone? Why would you go to war with a stone? But God took that little because of faith. He took that little because of faith. And he said, I'm going to bless you. And I'll let that little stone lodge where there is no armor in this big old behemoth guy. That's who God is. He takes our little by faith and does so much more with it than you ever thought possible. Moving on. He says, you remember what you heard. Remember what you heard. What is that? It's God's word. (laughs) Sardis Remember what you heard. Remember who brought you to the dance. Remember who made you. Remember the one who created you. Remember what he said. Remember those things. That's why it's so important to have the word of God in us. In us. And I'm not going to give up telling you that, even though some of you still aren't doing anything about it. (laughs) I don't understand why you aren't. I don't understand, and I don't think God does. And I think you may think, and I'm walking, you know, I I go to a Bible study, that's good. No, it's not really. It's a Bible study for an hour, hour and a half. And somebody that's struggling just like you is leading the thing, and they're going, hey, here's what God says maybe. Uh, God says this, yeah. And you go, okay, God says that. Move on. You got to start digging for yourself. You got to start mining for gold for yourself. You got to feed, you, all of you, feed yourself every day. When you're hungry, you go and you, you do whatever it takes to get rid of the hunger. And God is calling some of you today to get hungry again for His Word. Remember the Word. Then He goes, <laughs> that, that, that famous R word, repent, repent, repent. repent. That that is a word that, in the church, we don't love so much, because it it means saying I'm sorry, and it also means changing our course. Because I'm sorry means not that I'm trying to get out of this because you caught me looking at porn. It, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean it means you're sorry and you do something about the porn and you get rid of it. It means you turn away from that particular thing. If it's griping and gr- and gritching and yelling and, and your spouse is saying, please don't do that, you need to be the one that stops and says, I'm going to shut my mouth. God, help me to sew my mouth quiet. And I know I've got thoughts when they say it, but they don't need to know them. They don't have to hear them. Because I want to be married to you. I don't want to be in strife. I don't want to be at odds with you. I don't want to have us, the only time we were together is when we, some kind of a a hookup of some kind. I don't want that to be. I want it to be where we are, we are partners in everything that goes on. And we share the highs, we share the grief, and we share the little mundane of every day. That's what marriage is about. That's what friendships are about. Standing in the gap for each other. You say, I'm sorry, and you turn away from whatever it is. Whatever it is. See, what's the use of being here today if you're not going to do something about what God says? Why did you even come? I want to ask some of you. And I said, Jeff, you're being really rough today. But I want to ask you that. Why did you come? Well, I, I want to be made, I want to feel good. Okay, that's good. I get it. But why, if you're not going to do something about what God says, why are you here? I'm not telling you to leave, I'm telling you to do something about God's word. I'm telling you to do what, what, what will be the best thing possible for you in this world. That's to repent. That's to take the word and make it be a part of who you are. That's what made God made you to do. And then lastly he says, I'm coming like a thief. You don't know when I'm coming back. Be ready, be ready, be ready. Be ready, be ready. Five things he says right there in that, that scripture that 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 are for the church, that are for people who are walking and saying, I'm doing what I think I should do, but maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not walking. I don't know. Lastly, this is a kind of a puzzler, but it's really, it draws these all together, draws them all together. God, here's your prayer. Help me to overcome. Help me to overcome. Whatever the hole is, whatever the, the canyon is, whatever is in front of me, help me to overcome it. My husband's going through this. My wife's going through this. Help me to overcome it. I don't want to do it because I can't. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and nothing I'm doing is working. Revelation 3, 4, kind of an odd passage. It says this. You have a few people in Sardis see up there on the hill, who have not soiled their clothes. So they're walking and they're doing the right thing. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. There's that word. He who overcomes will, like they are now in the world, be like them in the next world, be dressed in white. I will never blot this name out of the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. That's my prayer for you today, that the church will hear what the Spirit is saying to you today, that God is calling you to be an overcomer. You are not a loser. You are not just a victim of abuse. Some bad things didn't just happen to you. You didn't just marry a couple clinkers. You didn't just, you didn't, that's not who you are. You are an overcomer. You are an overcomer. Jesus says, I want to dress you like those who are victorious. And the word there is the word Nike. They stole it. They stole the word. It's overcomer. Nike means overcomer, the swoosh. One of the main meanings of it all through the Greek is you are an overcomer. You are that which comes over anything that comes at you. Jesus said, there's a way that I want to dress you. And it's in victorious clothes. And you're going to be dressed in that overcoming that you can do. See, it's not a tennis shoe. It's not a tennis shoe with a logo on it. But the way that you're victorious in me is that you're dressed in white. You are pure because you are overcoming. When the church was started, Jesus said to Peter, the very first thing he said was, as Peter was getting ready to go to the church, he said, I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build the church, and the gates of Hades will never overcome it. It doesn't matter what Sam Smith does on the Grammys. It doesn't matter what happens out there that's horrible and looks terrible in the world going on right now. He will overcome. The church will not die. The church will make it. The church will overcome. And who is the church? Us. Look what he says in Revelation. He says all this. And you're gonna, we're going to hear this again and again when I come back this spring. We're going to talk about this. Look what Revelation 2.7 says. To him who overcomes, I'm going to give to eat from the tree of life. He who overcomes will not be hurt by all the second death. He who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. He who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. Time and time again, Nike, 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 Nike. Overcome, overcome. You and I are overcomers. See who is that he's talking about? It's not some super Christian. <laughs> it's you. It's you. First John, he said this, and I think it's five, four, and five. He says this: for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. That even our faith, who is it that overcomes the world? It's us. We're the ones that overcome the world. It is not some other entity. It is us. We're the one that God sent here to overcome this mess that we're living in. If you're God's child, you are an overcomer. And if you're not, And God is calling some of you today to be that overcomer. God says that to you today. You are not a victim. You are not that person that everybody thought you were. You are an overcomer. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. As we get ready to do our ministry portion, of our time together, I ask you again: Would you dare pray those three prayers? God, the holes show me what they are. Fill them, and then, God, help me to be the overcomer you called me to be. Let me stop being this this person who just is a loud clanging symbol, walking, 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 walking. You know, and you're you're doing your thing, and you're walking around and. You're, you're really hurting more people than you're helping. God calls you to overcome, calls us to come over any obstacle that's in our path. Pray that today. And I believe God will do something incredible in your life. Let's watch this video. And I want you to just just sense, God, what is it you want me to do today? As the lights go out, let's let's do that.